Hello, it is Wednesday, June 2nd. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Big show today. And if by the end of it you like this, I don't know why, but if you do, please be a friend, tell a friend. Let's go ahead and guerrilla market this thing. You know, boots on the ground. And if you don't like it, just act like it never happened. Maybe come back another day. Let's see how it goes. Ain't that right, Tom? Yeah, that sounds good. Sham Sharania, Pete Traeger, AJ Hawk, the boys. I mean, this is a big time Wednesday show. Let's get to this thing. Massive day today. Yes. So much to talk about. We're talking about whenever you look at a sports section of anything and you see Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021, you see an entire Rolodex, an entire diatribe about 55 different things happening in this particular day and in this sports world. We get a chance to chat about all of it. How we doing? Danny Ainge out of there. Brad Stevens <laughs> moving up. Brad Stevens, formerly of Butler. Yes, I think they went back-to-back Final Fours, maybe even back-to-back now national championships when he had Gordon Hayward here in town, one of them being in Indianapolis. He automatically goes to the Boston Celtics, becomes a great coach. They start winning. People start talking about, hey, this guy might be end up being one of the greatest coaches of all time with what he was able to do in college at Butler, what he's been able to do at Boston. Now, allegedly, since the bubble last year, Brad Stevens has been a little bit burnt out on coaching. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's 14, 15, 16, maybe even 22 years old. Whenever he was on the all-star stage amongst everybody else, when he was the all-star coach he gave like this little wave it looked like a you know classic white from like a um a catholic school or something like that now he allegedly has been burnt out with coaching moving into the president role for the boston celtics which i assume he saw what danny ainge was doing he was like that looks like it's a lot less travel a lot less hectic you don't have to deal with a lot of stuff i could just do that boom he's up in there we'll talk to sham sharanya in about 20 or no like 11 minutes actually he's the one that broke this news story is this the biggest story in the nba today shams or is it lebron walking off the court last whoa, night whoa. last night okay at about 2 30 a.m eastern standard time or daylight time whatever it is a tip-off happened in the middle of the desert between the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who's dating a Jenner, uh, taking on LeBron James without Anthony Davis. Yeah, they showed him in warm-ups, bouncing back and forth, but, you know, doesn't have it just yet, needs to rest him. So LeBron James was going to have a massive night. LeBron James and Skip Bayless's eyes had his biggest game of his career early this morning in Phoenix, wherever he took on. The Phoenix Suns in the game five of a first round series in which one he has been to 7,000 times at this point in his career. But could he do this without Anthony Davis? Could he win with the Lakers outside of the bubble when it was kind of a, a weird thing? Last night, he could not. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of bets that we hit, too, or we, we tried to hit. We hammered them. Uh, LeBron put 30 up in the Lakers to win in a game where, you know, he potentially is going to get eliminated now if they lose again. Uh, was like plus 520. That did not hit. He did not. He did not score 30. And they, they did not win. Mm-hmm. No. Then triple-double. I think he had five points, two rebounds, and two assists within the first maybe four minutes of the game or whatever. He did not get a triple-double. Come on now. Now, and also, he was spotted 
leaving the game wow. with about five, six minutes left in that Jordan thing. would never. <laughs> well, listen, we don't know if Jordan ever did that. Well, to be someone honest. did it to Jordan. The Detroit Pistons did it, and yeah, they, he never held, he held it against him. Well, they wouldn't shake his hand or something. Yeah, yeah, right he was off. being a big crybaby. Oh, 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 was. Jordan was. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, right. oh, okay, so that's fascinating that Evan huh. Fox says huh. that Jordan's being a big crybaby yeah. with the Detroit mm. Pistons. But Evan Fox and myself, by the way, mm. I'm a rather large LeBron James fan, okay? Just because we're getting a chance to watch something that'll be talked about forever. I, I mean... That's very short-sighted of me, I guess, especially when you say forever. That's a long time. Who knows if sports will be able to survive. Whatever fucking backlash is coming that we assume is inevitable with the way the world is. Every future show and movie has some sort of just massive clusterfuck happening. And who knows if sports will survive, whatever that is. But for as long as sports being talked about, LeBron James will be talked about. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and I watched him in high school. I've said this. In watching his entire career from Cleveland to the Heatles. Now... You know, back to Cleveland, L.A. I've followed along just because we're witnessing, okay, witness, greatness, which, by the yeah. way, is what a lot of people felt, which is an entire, you know, marketing ploy, which is why I think a lot of people hate him because it's sure. like he bought into the hype of the reality, which is we are literally witnessing something that's going to be talked about forever. He has seemed to not really have that many you know, off-court potential problems, whether it could be anything that happens with a lot of superstars, especially somebody that's been famous since he's like 13 years old. He's been able to handle all that. Now, as he's gotten more political, there's been more things that have popped off and there's been more anger and hatred for... That's the political world, by the way. That's why I don't fucking dance in that world. <laughs> I don't live in that world. I don't like that world because it seems like everybody hates each other, but that's going to happen as soon as you say something. It's like, well, do you know everything you... You, you should know to feel confident enough to speak about said thing. I assume he is, or he wouldn't. It's LeBron. I assume he is. But there, that's immediately you're getting in there. But last night, him walking off that court did not look good, Fox. Nope. No, hey, you even have to admit it. It is. Yeah, now. What a cry, baby. There was nothing he was going to be able to do. No. He's going back and getting treatment. Yeah, Maybe get, treatment. get that broken ankle. Oh, yeah. better. Uh -huh. Get a head start on it. Uh, Reggie Wayne posted uh, uh, during the game, too. He's like, why is Anthony Davis out there and not getting treatment, by the way? Huh. And that's a real thing that happens to like, the Real NFL. team player. Some guys won't travel to a away game, and they're like, oh, it did not make the trip. It's like, well, it did not make the trip because they're actually getting treatment over the weekend, like four hours each day. So if they weren't there, they were, you'd get treatment on the road, but it is much different. That was potential missed you know, treatment time. Yeah. But... In return, we got support from you know good teammate, right, coach right. LeBron. Though, you know, I don't know, I don't know how we spin this. As maybe LeBron, he was film maybe I don't. Yeah, maybe he started watching yeah, film on what they did uh, wrong. Maybe. I don't know how you spin this one. It looks bad. And if they lose in the first round to this Suns team, no. I mean, Chris Paul's got to be celebrating on that banana boat harder than anybody yeah. else this offseason. First of all, that guy's been tossed around all over the place. Allegedly can't play with anybody. Seems to win everywhere. Not enough to really go, but he seems to do well. Good golfer as well. Oh, Big yeah. golfer got okay. to see him live. Uh, go, also got to see him experience or witness uh, learning that he was in Space Jam because that happened. Uh, we got a notification on our phone. We told him about it and he said, I Somebody should have told I'm me. Not in I said that. Yeah. So it's like, I've got a chance to see it. But if they get that win over the Lakers, the LeBron haters are going to be loud. Yes. In, in him walking off that court, I assumed he was going to score 50 last night. I, I assumed he was going zero, Braun 30, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I assumed it was game, set, match. And it was not that at all last night, Evan. Is it over? 
Ooh. You know, it might if be. If he loses it this, be. is it over? Like, will we ever see? Or is he going to have to get Zion out there? Is he going <laughs> to, hey, let's load up that team a little Dame. bit more. Yeah. He's going to have to play. Dame. Bring him in. Yes. That guy has one of the greatest basketball nights in the history of basketball. Forces uh, overtime and then another one. His score is 50 plus and loses still. Yeah. Ooh. Dame Dollar, incredible rapper, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very loyal person, by the way. He said, hey, I want to stay up here. I don't want to do that whole thing. But let's just say you were able to potentially get him out of that time. And with what the Nets are building, and, you know, I've never been a LeBron James fan who said he needs to be alone to win to be. No, no, no. I'm a LeBron James fan. It's like, hey, it'd be much better if he had a lot of team around him. <laughs> hey, this team's letting him down, aren't they, Foxy? Look, Pat. If we know anything about LeBron James, you can't count him out yet. You just got to win two in a row. And if anyone's going to do that, it's, it's LeBron, LeBron James. Yes. Exactly. And guess what? If he doesn't, I mean, they were banged up this year. They won the toughest championship in history last year right. in the bubble. You're right. So give LeBron a break. All right, yeah, guys? You're right. Go ahead. He was also in a penthouse, by the way. You hit the nail on the head. With the exception of LeBron and AD, this team fucking stinks. stinks. They don't got any guys who can score out there. I mean, shit, they just offered Dennis Schroeder $91 million. He turned it down. That fucker didn't even have a basket last night. What, uh, in a playoff game. Oh, hey, we need you to... What do you want? Hey. You want LeBron to score 50 points, have 30 rebounds, and 25 assists every game? Guess what? He can't fucking do it. Hey, I'll tell you what. I was thinking he was going to do that last uh, night. Me yeah. too. And he started out that way too. He oh, had, yeah. He had a heat check early. He, he like pulled up from the logo after making one step back three. He was like, let's see if I got it today. Brick. All right. I do not have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get beat by 30. He's got a couple grinders though. Wesley Matthews was in there, you know, banging on Chris Paul's shoulder. So if he can't go. Like, How about Caruso fine. too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Big Al. Hey, that Suns team's been overlooked this entire season. That's right. We've right. been saying it. Remember what they did last year in that bubble, dude? Yeah. We talked about it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Opened we, a lot of eyes. We are actually on the record speaking about it. Yeah. I remember that. Go back and look. Do I remember us speaking about it before, like, last night happened? Absolutely not. Uh-uh. Of course we've been on this since the beginning. Yeah. Devin Booker, he had his, uh, I'm coming yeah. out. I want to work to know in the bubble. He did. Yeah. We'll learn about him. You yeah. know, he was just bucket after bucket after bucket up there. Dame Dollar. Uh, uh, what a what a performance! Wow. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's fun to watch, man. It's tough to have people care about the NBA though. Yeah, nobody tough. cares. Well, like nope. you were saying, I mean, that's a huge game last night with the Lakers and the Suns, and they fucking got waxed. They got beat by thirty. I was going to watch the whole game. You know, turn it on at halftime, they're up by 30. Okay, I don't need to watch any of this. This ain't going to happen. It's no. late. I'm not staying up. It's not a great game. It's, uh, but for them over there on the left coast, they're like, hey, this is what we've had to deal with our entire lives. So maybe True. you guys can deal with it for a little bit. I get it. I understand it. But I don't know. If LeBron's out, Sidney Crosby's out. Uh-oh. Are all playoffs dead at this point? <laughs> Ovechkin's out as well, right? Hockey has Sid out, mm-hmm. which also means Malkin's out. They have Ovechkin at. Mm-hmm. They have Connor McJesus at. Mm-hmm. Who else? Austin Matthews. Toronto with Austin Matthews. Yeah. They're out. All stars are out. Oh, no. Well, they, we got the bees, though. Who cares? We got pasta. Scoring goals. We got Tuca in the net. Come on. Is he still playing? I thought he was hurt. I don't know if he's still playing yet. Uh, the game's tomorrow. So we'll find out then. I saw John Daly uh, was going <laughs> off onto a golf course today with 45 Miller lights in his golf cart. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so golf's happening right now. Two right? packs of yes. Big time golf champions tour golf is happening. Yeah, Let's I mean go. they've been running the old highlights of Tiger at the Memorial. Oh, oh in man. Ohio, Woo. I would love to see Tiger come back and play this weekend. I don't think he's able, but 
People think Tiger's not coming back are absolutely wrong. Um, there's also some Pittsburgh news happening here. Before Sham Sharani is going to join us to break down everything going on in the NBA and why go. we should be paying attention even if LeBron gets knocked out, okay? <laughs> He'll tell us about that. There's some Pittsburgh stuff going on that I'm pretty pumped up about. Big Ben Roethlisberger's come out and said Dwayne Haskins has the prettiest stroke he has ever seen. Mm-hmm. He said he could throw a football through a car wash and the ball wouldn't get wet. Whoa. Ben Roethlisberger, oh. okay, is basically saying, hey, pal, Here's the next one. He just anointed Dwayne Haskins. This is what it sounds like. Now, I'm assuming Ben Roethlisberger is going to talk up everybody. He's a good teammate now. now. It hasn't always been that way with Ben Roethlisberger, but as we have found out, he has found the Lord, mm, and he has true. changed the way he has lived dramatically, both personally, professionally, and I think it has shown. He came out and said, hey, listen, this was my idea to take less money. I love this team. Okay, I just I wanted less money. Let's make this work. I want to come back. People are retiring. People are saying I ain't got any more. Gonna have to learn a new offense. I'll take a pay cut. I want to come back and earn this thing. I ain't gonna blow any bop. Okay, no. I ain't gonna throw my teammates under the bus anymore like I used to. I'm a much different Ben. We won 11 and 0. I'd like to make another run this thing. That's what he said, right? Yeah, sure, Ben. That's, yeah, it's your idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take I'll the pay. Less <laughs> money. I'll, Don't worry about it. Hey, that's what Ben did. Ben said it's a new Ben. Ben also comes out and says Dwayne Haskins is awesome. This might be a very new Ben Roethlisberger uh, might be a very new Steelers and is Dewey Haskins the answer over there I assume he's better than the guy uh, who will be notoriously known as the guy Uh who ate a helmet one night but he Mason Rudolph doesn't have the faith of of the Steelers fans Uh, Duck Rudolph's out of town I guess the answer is Dewey Haskins is the guy going forward he may be a answer he's not the answer And good for Ben, you know, just trying to be a good teammate now. He's good been leader. humbled. He's, try, he's trying his best. He's a good leader, and he said that the new offense is going to look very different than it looked last year. So we're talking about a whole new Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, could be a whole new Ooh. Dewey Haskins, too. Uh, very much so. He kind of got, you know, he made some terrible decisions, ends yeah. up with cheeks in his face. Yeah. Uh-huh. He gets fired. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? He's got so, out of Ben's, you know, area, by the way. Well, Dewey. no, no. I think that's why it's perfect timing to come into Ben's life. It's like, hey, oh. we both kind of did the, the – it, much different, right. but we both kind of, now we're here. Uh, Bill Cowers also speaking, big Pittsburgh guy. We'll talk about that on the other side. He had a great interview with The Athletic. Uh, joining us now is an insider for Stadium and for the athletic. the athletic, which is why I just transitioned there from Bill Cowers' interview with The Athletic like a real show host. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NBA insider, Sean Sharani. Yeah! Sean, what's going on, dude? What's going on, man? Busy morning. For you, man, not for us. There ain't shit going on in our world. It sounds like your world's <laughs> popping off right now, though. LeBron loses early this morning, walks off the court. We'll talk to you about that. What's league reaction uh, mm. to that whole thing going on as opposed to just fan reaction? But this morning, Boston Celtics are making a bunch of changes, uh, and it looks like maybe more is happening right now as we speak. What's going on in your world, Shams? Why did Boston do what they did? This was a tough year for that organization. I mean, they just did not win to the, to the level that they expected. And, and there are consequences now. And I'm told Danny Ainge was really thinking about moving off, uh, you know, stepping away uh, from that position for the last three years. I'm told he said three years ago to people close to him that if in three years I don't feel like I'm making progress with this franchise, I- I'm just going to have to step down. And that, that three years, trans- you know, fast forward now and, and Danny Ainge is stepping down. And I think the biggest shock, I, I-, I think, in league circles Danny Ainge stepping down, given his age, given you know he's had heart issues the last couple of years, um, and he just you know th- there's always a, a dawn of a new era, right? And that's you know he's from kind of that older generation, um, and Brad Stevens he hired a, a new age head coach, and 
Brad has done well as, as head coach. He went to three Eastern Conference Finals, I think, in the last four or five years. So he's had success. But this year clearly showed that Brad Stevens might not be that man for the long-term job. And now Brad Stevens transitions from being the head coach into the president of Bass Operations. And I'm told Brad Stevens has also told people close to him he did not necessarily want to coach until he's 50 years old. He's 44 now. So this was an easy transition there was talk you know maybe brad stevens to the pacers obviously the talk of brad stevens to indiana that never really had any some uh, any substance behind it but you're, you're seeing now brad stevens deciding he is not fit to be a coach i mean that that i think is the bottom line from today's announcement and, and now you see him going into a, a, a president's role listen i'm outside the basketball world okay i'm outside of it you know i'm um I'm not cropped out. I see the bigger picture, okay? I'm zoomed out. I'm mm-hmm. not really in it. I'm out of it. Wasn't the conversation about Brad Stevens maybe being one of the best basketball coaches of all time happening just a few years ago when he was super successful with Butler here in Indiana? It was awesome to watch it with Gordon. Then he goes to Boston, has success. I think there was a younger roster maybe. They outperformed what they were supposed to do via his coaching. Weren't we just talking about him potentially being like one of the great coaches of all time? Now you're saying he didn't really want to do that all the time? And did he see the president role as like a great way to stay in the game but not have to do the grind of the coaching like what was it you think that kind of got him out of the uh coach of the future to the um coach but not for my entire life yeah pat he's been in this role for how long seven eight years as, as head coach of the celtics it's 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 tough to uh i think be the guy that um you know last 10 15 years without winning a championship and mm. i think brad stevens made runs to the eastern conference finals but he just was not able to get over that hump. And I think this year there was a lot of, uh, of chatter behind the scenes within that locker room about accountability. And, you know, Brad Stevens uh, has, has been, you know, looked at as a very, you know, very stoic coach, very even keel. Uh, but how are you able to hold players accountable? How are you able to get the best out of players? And I think this move for Brad Stevens to go from that head coaching position to now being the president of an organization, leading basketball operations. I mean, th- I-, I hate to say it. I think there's only one way to look at it. He understood he isn't fit for that head coaching role with that organization. Again, could he go on somewhere else and be the head coach of, of, of an organization? Sure. But as far as that organization, that team in Boston, uh, he goes and is the president. And I think there has been some uh, interest with him in taking on a role like president where you can be kind of like you said, in in the back might not be able to travel, have to travel every day and deal with that type of a grind. Listen, anytime you can be a president of an organization and really call the shots, I think you know most coaches would love to have that as part of, uh, as part of their, their role. GD just said in the YouTube section that Ambien actually takes Brad Stevens to go to sleep. Is that something that everybody else can, Is he known as like a dull, dry character? Or is he? Do you think he's going to get, as president of an organization, you think he's going to get in the action here? You think he's bringing Zion in? You think he's Ooh. bringing Damon? Do you think he's, like, what all, what, what do you think, what does the president do? Is that the decisions that the president makes? So, so Brad Stevens' first job, and I'm told he will lead the head coaching search for this organization. Now, who is Brad Stevens targeting? I think he's going to have to get with that organization, you know, the front office, and really start to put names together and, and discuss names. A few names I've, you know, one of the names I've heard already is Jason Kidd, the assistant in with the Lakers. Uh, that's a prominent name that's come up already. But again, Brad Stevens has to get his bearings. He has not been a president of an NBA organization before. He has Mike Zarin, who has been the longtime 
general manager there. He has Mike Zarin underneath him. A lot of people believe that Mike Zarin was going to be the president to take over for Danny Ainge. But no, Brad Stevens will be the president. Mike Zarin, Austin Ainge, who's Danny's son, uh, I'm told are remaining with the organization as of right now. So uh, he's he's got his hands cut out you know, as, as in his first time role as president. Yeah, Shams, we're talking to Shams Sharania, insider, senior insider for the NBA, for the Athletic and uh, Stadium. We appreciate you. This is way too much Boston talk, for, to be honest. Well, so let's just kind of move along here. LeBron James. Hey, okay, I'm a LeBron guy, Shams. Hey, you hear me, Shams? I'm a LeBron guy. What was he doing walking off court six minutes left in the game? I mean, they're down 100. I, uh, what's Yikes. he doing out there, Shams? What is everybody saying? Is it, was he going in there to get treatment? Is that what it was? Early treatment on the ankle, watching film? What was it, Shams? And what is the reaction overall to uh, if LeBron and the Lakers are out of this thing early? That, that I mean, that's not great for the NBA, is it? I mean, probably not. Yeah, I mean, as far as him walking out, I mean, I think, you know, whether it's treatment, whether he has, he, he has to, you know, T- t- take a number two. I, I don't know the oh, case for, for Lamar Jackson. You know, and, and God, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I wouldn't read too much into him leaving uh, the floor because at the end of the day, he so is dealing with this ankle yeah. issue that, that he dealt with in the regular season. Uh, he's played through it, and obviously he's getting to the point where he is comfortable enough to play and playing at a high level. You know, he came out last night, and I thought he looked aggressive. I, I don't know what you saw, Pat. Uh, but he looks he looked like he had his springs to him. He looked like he was moving fluidly. But him and that whole whole team just were not making shots. And if you're not shooting the ball well from the field, you're just not gonna win a game, period. And without Anthony Davis, this team has really a small margin for error. And you know, I thought Anthony Davis, what he did is he masked a lot of this team's problems, right? Dennis Schroeder, okay. um, you know, a lot of these guys on this roster just have not been playing up to uh, up to standards and so when you have anthony davis he is able to uh you know negate some of that and able to cover up a lot of that and you don't have him in the lineup he doesn't play last night and i'm told his status is very much in question for game six and if he does give it a go maybe that'll give you a boost but even still you're looking at anthony davis that is not going to be a hundred percent um and if he's not a hundred percent i just don't see how this team as a seven seed not having home court advantage they they are up against it right now. Shams, every time you come and speak, it does feel like you are speaking for the entire basketball community to me. So I appreciate you doing that. Ty does that for the baseball community to me, where I potentially overreact to things that I don't know enough about. Happened with soccer, too. Nigel uh, came on to talk to me, but for the soccer community, this is something that happens on a regular basis. So if you have to call me an idiot for what I'm about to say, by all means, okay? I would never do that. <laughs> you can, though, Shams, because I, I have the utmost respect for you and your knowledge, and you're representing an entire fan community here when you talk to me, the big dumb stooge, sports stooge, zoomed out stooge. Can we get Dame Dalla, Zion Williamson, John Morant all on one team? How come we can't have that happen? Can we not just get to what we're eventually going to get to and already be there? I mean, the Nets, with what the Nets are doing, I, they can stink. For three quarters, mm-hmm. that team. And then they could just lock in and it's on. Now, will they be able to do that all the way through? Who knows? The Heatles struggled early there with the San Antonio Spurs because the Spurs, by the way, had an absolute team there. What do you think, like, Dame, 55 points or whatever last night in a loss? Like, I love what he's doing there. But then let's get players to him then. How, how is that going to inevitably happen? Or do you think, like, the Brooklyn Nets and then the Heatles and then uh, whoever else it might be, it's just kind of a shifting thing? Or do you think that's going to become like a full encompassing thing at some point? 
I mean, I think Damian Lillard, he, he's going to, in that organization, I think it starts from an organizational level, right? What is Portland, if they don't get past this first-round series with Denver, what do they do with Terry Stotts? What are they doing with their front office? What are they doing with the roster to support Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard isn't really, you know, he's got multiple years left on that Supermax uh, extension that, he, that he's on. So he's not really in a position where he's going to be able to enter free agency, but he is going to be able to find out about his future there, what the future holds with that organization. Are they looking to get better? Are they looking to make moves? And if they are, I think that Damian Lillard has shown to be loyal. But if Damian Lillard senses, and, and I think I, we all will sense, right, with the moves that Portland makes this yeah. offseason, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the front office, whether it's the roster, what they're doing. And if they're not you know, playing and making moves to compete, and win championships. I think Damian Lillard's at a point now where you're looking at him play. He's having to score, what, 55 points and 12 NBA record 12 threes in the playoffs. He's going to eventually have to look around and say, I'm just not winning at that level uh, that I need to win at, that my legacy, that my stature deserves. And so he's been loyal there. Um, but just as a fan, like you said, Pat, just looking at it from a fan's perspective, I think you have to look at it and see is is – is that organization making the right moves uh, over these next couple weeks or months, whenever they lose in the playoffs, to, to do right by Dane? So you think it is all organizational decisions, right? Like, we don't know. For instance, like, the Pelicans aren't just going to wake up and be like, you know what, we want to surround we want to surround Zion with studs. Like, instead of people paying to get out of here, like, we're going to become the team where people come. Like, you think that is from top-down decision-making? Is it because, like, some people believe, like, in the NFL, there's people that believe we're going to build through the draft. Like, we're going to build through the draft. That's our team. It's more of a solid foundation as opposed to just buying. Is that kind of the views? Like, there's just two different views about building a team, and then the teams that choose to buy the good teams are just always going to win, and and the other teams are just going to have to learn that? Is that something that's just... Yeah, I mean, listen, players are going to make decisions based off of their surroundings and what's going on around them, right? So if Zion Williamson, you know, if the Pel- you know, the Pelicans front office wants to make this team better, They're, they know anytime you have a generational talent like a Zion Williamson or Memphis with Ja or Portland with Damian Lillard, uh, any team with any, you know, generational type of player, a, a franchise type player, you need to make the right moves to win now. We saw it with LeBron. We saw it with Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City. Like, if those teams aren't making Tampa moves Bay. to win and compete mm-hmm. at the highest of levels, Eventually, the player, when he is able to look around, will look around. Zion's in a little bit of a different situation because him and John Morant are going to be max contract extension eligible here in the next year or so. And so rookie scale guys don't pass off, you know, pass off on money like that. So I would not expect them to pass on, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in extension. I'm I'm sorry to say, Pat, but that just does not happen. But a guy like Damian Lillard, a vet, uh, you know, vets around the league, whether it's a Bradley Beal. Um, or guys that do enter free agency, Kevin Durant and LeBron James, you have a lot more control and and really want to dictate your future a lot more. I understand Zion's young, and, and I just hope the Pelicans decide then, since we are going to pay hundreds of millions of dollars for this guy, we should at least allow him an opportunity to be on, like, television, yeah. you know, in, like, primetime TV and, like, the playoffs. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, they had playing games. Everybody in the league made the playoffs, basically, except for the New Orleans Pelicans, it felt like. So, you know, maybe the Pelicans will decide that they'll want to do that whenever they invest hundreds of millions of dollars. If you could tell them, Shams, that'd be great. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shams, I saw a report yesterday. I'm assuming it was from you that uh, A-Rod is trying to move the Timberwolves to Seattle uh, very whoa, soon. Whoa. Is that happening or is that going to take a little time here? 
that is that was not my report but you know from what i've been told from from people around that sale you know i've reported on that sale the athletics report on that sale extensively you know the plan for alex rodriguez and his partner mark lore uh has not been to move the team from minnesota you know alex rodriguez uh mark lore and and glenn taylor the the timberwolves current owner they've been in agreement that they want the team to stay in minnesota and so again this sale isn't even ratified yet it should be ratified here likely in the next month or so. And when it is, there's still a two-year succession plan for Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lord to take over for Glenn Taylor. Jeez. So until that happens, it's really hard to see this team move. So at least within that two-year window, that's when maybe you might start to see uh, more of a of, uh, you know, idea of what the future really holds for this organization. But I'm told right now the plan is to keep the team in Minnesota. I like the fact though, that A-Rod just comes in and says, yeah, we're getting the fuck out of yeah. here. We're going over there. Seattle. You saw what they did with the Kraken. We're yeah. like, we're going to make the basketball. We're bringing, we're bringing basket back to Seattle, right? They yeah. Have, uh, oh, yeah. Team. Then they Super went to Oklahoma Sonic. City. Uh huh. Oklahoma City got Seattle's NBA team. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Makes sense. How'd that him. happen, Shams? How old were we when that happened? And how did that happen? Yeah, that was crazy, right? And that's you know a similar situation. Clay Bennett took over that team. Said he's keeping the team in Seattle. Then they end up moving to Oklahoma City. You know, Minnesota fans, you know, you, you don't want this to be a, the same situation. Um, but And you never say never. But, again, from my reporting, what I'm hearing, the plan is for that team to stay in Minnesota. So I guess Minnesotians, they can keep a smile on their face. But there's no question. I think the league does have interest eventually in being in Seattle. I just don't think that means they're going to take the team out of Minnesota. That arena will be very loud. Their fan base only gets a real chance to perform public in open events, you know, like the uh, – the Pacific Northwest, they got the MLS teams, oh, yeah. the Seahawks. It is always awesome up there. I can't believe Seattle lost an NBA team to Oklahoma City. That has to Horseshit. That has to haunt them a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you there's people in Seattle that are not happy. Does not sit well. Oklahoma City? Yeah. They drafted Durant, and then hey, they got the hell out of there. Shout out to Oklahoma City, by the way. Yeah. I mean, they must. there must be some <laughs> serious pool in Oklahoma uh-huh. City. Shout out to them. Go ahead, Ty. Shams, uh, there were a couple reports about Luca not being able to feel his fingers and that he might have, you know, like a fracture or something like that. Is he playing with a broken freaking neck right now? And if he is, uh, are the Mavericks dead in the water? I, I haven't been told that it's that severe. I'm told it's more of a muscle uh, soreness type of issue, and clearly it's 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 hampered him, right? It's it's something he's dealing with right now. But I'm not told there's any. Uh, seriousness, and I'm told he has been feeling better actually in the last couple days. Okay, here we go, Shams. Appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for all the information. Can't wait to see what else you break. And uh, is anything else big coming today? As always, uh, not that I know of, but you know, as soon as I do, I'll, I'll hit you guys up. Yeah, but I, we'll just follow you. But we saw you. Uh, we saw you looking off screen there while you were talking to us. It's almost like you have your phone there. Is there like updates coming? Who's texting you right now? Is it like, hey, this is potentially happening. This is potentially <laughs> happening. Is that the only conversations you have nowadays? No, I mean, you know, there's a lot of just back and forth, just discussions, Pat. You know, if you're just talking about news and transactions all the time, you're probably not going to get many news and transactions. So it's just normal discourse, normal conversation. Oh, hey, did you see his new shoes? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, who are you trading for? <laughs> I like it. Shams work the game. You do a great job, ladies and gentlemen. Shams Sharon. Yeah. Yes! We have some big news for you. Yeah. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's non prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. 
Should send him some. We should. Or just send them to Walmart because it's available there. Roman and Walmart. And everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Roman now available at Walmart. We're in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also, special Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements. They got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men, healthcare, products, all clinically tested and make you best you possible. Joining AJ, myself, and the boys to talk about one of my new favorite listens. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to get into my rotation of things that penetrate my ear holes, okay? We all know that I have the attention span of a gnat. But this Flying Coach podcast that Old Shrage is putting out has been awesome to see a different side of coaches. Got a chance to listen to parts of the Cliff Kingsbury one today. It was fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the host of Flying Coach and also Emmy-nominated host of Good Morning Football. Much cooler person than any of us could have imagined. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Shrage. Hey, boy, Shrage. I'll take it. Um, I got to say, the inspiration for the Flying Coach podcast, a lot of it is the banter that you guys have. I've said that before to you, but it's uh, Sean McVay and I co-hosting, and we had Cliff on, and Kingsbury, uh, you know, you see the pictures of him, and he's doing the stanky leg dance, and you see him sometimes at the club in pictures, and you're like, what's this guy all about? Um, He's the real deal. He comes out, and he's hilarious in this thing, starts right out of the gates on the podcast, and is busting Sean's balls for – uh, being shirtless, drinking rosé in the first scene of Hard Knocks this oh, yeah. season. And then he tells a story. They tell a story that I'd never known that I think everyone should listen to this podcast where essentially it was a meaningless Week 17 game last year. Both teams weren't going to the playoffs. And Kingsbury calls McVeigh before the game, like hours before kickoff, and is like, I need two field passes. And McVeigh's like, what are you talking about? You need two field passes. And we're about to coach against each other. I, I need two field passes. The game was in the L.A. Coliseum. It was the last game at the L.A. Coliseum. And it turns out it was for a European Instagram model that Kingsbury had met and wanted to get it on the field before the game. And I'm like, this stuff is not being on, uh, on ESPN or NFL Network. So they're all laughing about it. And then Sean's like – it didn't really work out. And then Cliff said, yeah, yeah, well, I won the pregame. And then Sean was like, I bet you won the postgame too. So yeah. like, this is what we're dealing with. Um, it's a different side of these coaches. Uh, but if you're a real football geek, and Pat, I think your fans would love it. It's a lot of stuff on like, where'd you find, where'd you discover that play? Do you steal from certain coaches and your play? Because both these guys are offensive um, forward-thinking guys and they have so much respect for each other. So it's been a real thrill. It's called Flying Coach. Um, it's a podcast. 60 minutes kingsbury blew me away i didn't think he had it in him like that he was a a fantastic interview subject and i don't think i've ever seen him like that 
Cliff Kingsbury, I, I think he was obviously backup quarterback in New England. I think he, I think AJ, you know him from the Kentucky Derby. Always felt as if from the picture pictures I've seen of him, like okay, bro, like that's a guy I would like to talk to. Is that what you're learning? I think through this whole thing, I assume you're friends with McVeigh. Obviously, you talk told stories about being at the Senior Bowl together whenever he was lower in the whole thing, just having beers together and kind of seeing these people grow. It feels like from listening to Flying Coach that these coaches are just. They're just football guys that just love football who just so happen to be next-level football IQ. I really appreciate what you're doing getting this side of these coaches because they're normally the most guarded I know. people on earth. I think it's really good shit what you're doing, dude. I be, dude, I appreciate you saying that so much, and I think that's the goal. McVay doesn't have to do this. The money is it, it, it's, it's negligible. Like it doesn't, He doesn't need to be doing this during the season, during the offseason. It's just 10 episodes. We're bringing on different head coaches. We had LaFleur. We had Sala. And now we're doing – Kingsbury and the whole point was like no coach speak like none of the cliches none of stuff and if there is coach speak in it we edit it out afterwards and we're like let's just get to the better parts and the stories and I think the thing with Cliff is he says it about Sean he's like you know the rosé and the shirtless photos and you jumping into the pool and all that on hard knocks but he's like I laugh because I know how much you are just all about ball that like even while you're sipping on your rosé you're thinking about ball and I think at the at the end of the day, all these guys are football obsessed. And you have to I, tell a, I tell a story in the podcast that, you know, we're, we're setting up logistics of when we're going to record. And I send a text at like 11 o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday night. And I wake up for Good Morning Football on the East Coast at 5 a.m. And I wake up and at 5.55 a.m. Eastern, Kingsbury's texting and McVeigh's texting. And I'm like, whoa, whoa it's three in the morning locally. I ask them about it. They're like, yeah, you know, we're both play callers and we both draw our offensive game plan. So before the, uh, the stuff of like usual head coach duties gets up, that's where we get our best offensive stuff going from like the 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. hours when no one can bother us. And I'm like, there's a reason these guys are where they're at. They're, they're wired a little differently. Yeah, and the European models are up. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Shregs, are there any uh... – like when you talk to coaches around the league that are potential head coaches, like those guys that are getting interviewed for jobs, is there any resentment among the defensive coaches that all these offensive coaches get all the love and, and they're these young offensive gurus and defensive guys? I know Bob Sala is in New York, but it seems like the Let's offense is uh, the guys that at least get the headlines. Yeah, I think there's a lot of resentment towards McVay's early success. And that stuff you hear secondhand a lot of times, I'm not getting it directly, but some of the underlining tones of these conversations are that, a lot of coaches were looking for him to lose to Belichick and were relieved that he lost to Belichick because it was a little bit too much too soon. But what Cliff says is that Sean's early success opened the door for all of these guys. Oh, yeah. Cliff was Cliff was fired at Texas Tech and had a losing record, and the very next football season was the head coach of an NFL team. And it's solely, he says, because of the stuff that Sean McVay broke open. So I, I think from a defensive standpoint, we're going to get some of those coaches on but to, to your point, AJ, there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot. And like Vic Fangio is not a relatable thing because there's a 30-year age gap. Belichick is 30 years older. I think these younger coaches, with the exception of Bob Sala and Brandon Staley, there's not a ton that have been given that opportunity. And I think there might be a, a wave back to that, but it would take some great success from Sala or from the Chargers where they're just locking down these offenses for these owners to not fall in love with the offensive guru. Well, Vrabes, you know, Vrabes gets in there, Tennessee has success, and then, you know, Motor City Dan Campbell's kind of changing maybe the narrative on who or what you hire. But I like the fact that Cliff Kingsbury has enough, you know, self-awareness to be like, yeah, Sean, 
McVeigh got me this job. Because the whole world was like, if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVeigh, you were getting a head coaching job. I think LaFleur was a part of that. Zach Taylor and Cincy was a part of that. Cliff was a part of that. He was the offense coordinator for USC for five months or whatever. That's what I he think was it doing. was two minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And listening to Sean talk on there, it makes a lot of sense why he just has like a Monday night, Sunday night, any gig that he wants waiting on him. He is an incredibly cool dude. Happy to hear that because it seems like the mic'd up situations is he's a good leader. Seems like he has a, a great amount of accountability for people. He's young. He's well-liked. It's just, I'm happy to see that he is like a guy as opposed to just a robot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, he, and, he's, and he's self-deprecating when he doesn't have to necessarily be, which I think is a... It's a good quality to have and a lot of us do it but a lot of us uh do it because you feel like you should do it but like you know he's beaten the cardinals eight times in a row and he, they, they laugh about it a little bit and cliff gives it to him but you know right back he's like well i haven't beaten the 49ers the last four times we played and i don't know what it's wrong i can't you know he's, he talks about it like that so everyone looks to mcveigh as this young up-and-coming meteoric rise it's his fifth year now he's got a lot of ups and downs and for some reason that Super Bowl keeps on coming up on the podcast and finally in the episode that we just had he's like all right enough enough on the reliving that loss to Belichick I get it and he knows and I think uh it's it's important to be real be honest but to any of your real friends you have to be self-deprecating you have to be able to poke fun at yourself and you have to be able to acknowledge that sometimes it doesn't always go perfectly well yeah and some people have a god complex in the position that he's in so it's nice to see that he doesn't i mean he was hired at the age of like 21 or something like that. it was yeah it was absurd what he's been able to accomplish let's talk about some other news around the it. nfl excited about listening to the rest of flying coach especially with what you're talking about with cliff kingsbury opening up about uh congrats on the success there we appreciate it in the sports media community here now let's get to the sports media community there's nothing to talk about dude what i was told the pre-June 1, post-June 1 is when these contracts change and everything's going to happen. Yesterday, I wake up, I'll wait till 4 o'clock. You know, it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> then this morning, I wake up, there's nothing happening. Was I hoodwinked in this entire thing? Is anything going to happen with Julio, Aaron? What are the Broncos going to do? Is there anything going to happen anytime soon from what you're hearing? Are we in for I some... I don't think it was going to be one of those deals where at 401, but I, I will say we knew that nothing was going to happen until... June 1st. And to really quickly explain it, it's it's really complicated salary cap stuff, but essentially teams save a ton of money on their own salary cap if they can trade these players after June 1st. So where Julio Jones would have been $24 million of dead cap money for the Atlanta Falcons, it's now something like $7 million in dead cap money. With Aaron Rodgers, if they're to trade him before June 1st, they're eating a huge cost. But if they trade him after June 1st, it's a significantly less cost. So not that, I, I don't know. By the way, great explanation. Else. Not that complicated. Great explanation. <laughs> right? You made Sorry. it. You dumbed it down very well. It does get it does get a little hairy though when you start talking about dead cap money and bonuses and deferrals and all that. And I don't. It's hard to me to even understand it. And I do it for a living. So just that's what you need to know. That and that's now it. the the floodgates could open and we could see things. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen though. With Julio, the market's really interested. Uh, really interesting because I think they're looking for a first round pick, and we've heard that. Um, I'm not sure if a first round pick has been offered yet, but I also think a second round pick and like a legitimate NFL starting wide receiver would be enough to get that job, to get that trade done. It's who's going to be willing to cough that up and who do they value as a legitimate number one or number two wide receiver that is young enough and makes sense fiscally that the Falcons can do it. But I, I think at this point, 
it's going to take a major swing back the other way in the pendulum for Julio to be with the Falcons next year. Michael Pittman. Hey, Shrakes, when you talk to uh, – do you talk to your contacts and coaches and everybody about the whole Aaron Rodgers saga going on right now? And I'm curious, like, what they think about it. Yeah, last week was some display on Instagram, and everyone kind of giggles on the side because it's like that is a different deal than what we're used to with these NFL quarterbacks. And he's out in Hawaii with Miles Teller and his fiance and Miles Teller's wife, and they are putting it out there publicly, like this pure bliss, this happiness of ukuleles and Taylor Swift and whatever else in in you know the rain fountains and whatever they got going on in Hawaii. But truth of the matter is. When he was at his... What's it called? Waterfalls, Pete. Pete Waterfalls? What did I call it? Rain fountain? What are you... <laughs> Shrek, Guys, get out of the fucking streets, dude. Get, get out of the streets of Brooklyn, of Brooklyn okay? dude. Rain... <laughs> rain fountains? I live in concrete. I don't... I don't mean rain fountain. God, what do you call it? A waterfall? Oh, what do you waterfall. call it? Yeah, we, the world. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable. But you're but right. AJ, Bliss. long story like when you're at that point, you're so far from football, I think. And I think even Miles Teller put out like an Instagram post, which I didn't quite find. I don't know. It was supposed to be funny. I don't even know where he's like, I'm no, signing with the Packers. Funny. Like, was it funny? I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think it was I don't funny. know. I think it was hilarious. I think it was very funny. almost trolling. It's almost trolling a little bit of like, look, we know what's going on a in the news bit. and on sports yeah. media. I didn't see it. Uh, you didn't see it. Um, <laughs> AJ, AJ, AJ missed that one. I thought it was fine. I laughed. Good pop out of me. I know that. I like Teller. I like what he's got going on. Me I like too, that whiplash. Man. Top Gun 2 good is going to be great. Um, Top Gun 2 is going to be sick. Oh, it's going to be uh, so good. He's going to going to kill it. Yeah, he's going to do that. Oh, yeah. But I would say to your point, AJ, I feel like when you're at that point and you're so happy, all that, like, okay, let's let's start gearing up Jordan Love. Let's see what we can do and let's try to get him going because you don't know. It's unpredictable whether or not Aaron's going to come back. But when he's had his pure happiness, that zen-like moment, and even then on Kenny Main couldn't be like, I'll be back. I'll figure it out. We're going to talk. I think we're still a little bit far away. They're, they're saying in the building, Okay, these LaFleur press conferences where we're like, I can't fathom my life without Aaron Rodgers. He's going back into a meeting and they're like, maybe Jordan loves the time is now. They they have that they've had that full thought. There isn't like No, no, no. I that's that's my assumption. Oh, pundit, no. pundit there. Okay, got it. Pundit yeah, there. that the insider thought of it is that they're just desperately hoping that Aaron comes back. I mean that's and LaFleur has been – I think he's handled it really well with the media. He's been completely transparent That's in that. That's history. Gosh, this guy is that good. And he came on the Flying Coach podcast last week, and he clearly was like, hey, great players make great coaches. I'm 26 and 6 in my first two years. Don't get it twisted. I have number 12 at quarterback. Like, he knows. And a lot of these coaches do have the God complex where it's like, just give me any quarterback. We'll figure out a way to win. LaFleur is the opposite. He appreciates great players and understands – what Aaron Rodgers means. Now, I don't think Rodgers has any issues with LaFleur. I don't think he's any issues with the players. I think this is a front office thing strictly. And as of right now, they're, they're walking a, a tight rope. They're, I think they're hoping um, Aaron comes back, but they also have to get this other quarterback up and ready because until Aaron walks in that door, the, uh, the Saints game week one does not, does not get any further away. That's still happening. I've got a text from AJ. You're done with your questions. That's awesome. Good news. Connor, what do you have? Uh, yeah, Pete, uh, there's been some reports that Matt Patricia is the heir to yeah. Bill Belichick. Uh, is there any truth to that, or can you tell everyone right now, that's yeah, all bullshit? 
No, I, I don't know if there's truth or there's not truth. The, tr- the, the fact of the matter is there's a really interesting dynamic there where you've got two Belichick children who are coaches on the staff. You also have Josh McDaniels, who's been waiting in the wings for a, quite a long time. And then you also have Matt Patricia. But Belichick has given no indication that he's hanging it up anytime soon. So I, I've asked for years now, like, is the reason McDaniels didn't take that Colts job is because he was given some agreement under the table that he will be the next Patriots head coach? I don't think there was that agreement and it certainly wasn't made public if there was. And I, I think it's still up for debate as to say who's the next one, but I know how much they respect Patricia in that building. And I know that Patricia's experience in Detroit might not have gone perfect as a head coach, but it doesn't mean that there's any less respect for him in New England for the work that he does. Yeah, he's the last one who has to sign everybody's contract. Yeah. And also in the uh, behind the scenes, do your job uh, episode nine, uh, he, Bill Belichick goes, Matt, you okay with this? And he goes, yeah. And then they draft Matt Jones. Let's go get McCorkle. Yeah, that's give me Michael McCorkle Jones. Hell yeah. What a name, by the way, Shregs. How come you guys don't call him that on Good Morning? Hey, wait, real quick about Good Morning Football. Yeah. The guy did get drafted, and I'm happy for him, but did, did you guys, was that a mission of yours to get that one offensive lineman drafted? You guys Quinn had him Miners. on every day. Yeah, Quinn Miners. We really liked him. Big, big belly uh, guy out of Wisconsin, Whitewater. Um, we he was pushed cool really guy. hard. We are, we pushed really hard to get him drafted. He's a Division three kid. He got he went in the second round to the Broncos. We were thrilled. So yeah, I think he was supposed to go in the sixth round, but his Good Morning Football career made him a second round pick, which wow. we're, we're proud of. That's awesome. I didn't know he existed. I became a fan. I assume there were some people watching Good Morning Football around every NFL facility. Like, I mean, this is the tenth time they had him on the fucking show. Guy's pretty good every <laughs> yeah. time. I could hang out with that guy if we really had to. Go ahead, Ty. Pete, it's been reported that Big Ben really loves uh, Dwayne Haskins' stroke and that he could throw, you know, a football through a car wash without getting in, uh, getting wet. Is he the heir apparent to Big Ben? And does Big Ben hate Mason Rudolph? Since I don't think I've ever heard him say something <laughs> like that. True. I mean, he's uh, never um, that for nice. Uh, they're going to battle it out. And I don't know Matt Canada's offense. So it's a new offensive coordinator. Obviously, he was the quarterback's coach. We'll see how that goes. But, gosh, Dwayne Haskins was a 15th overall pick and just wasn't accountable as a starter. That's the word on him in Washington. If you can build that around – he's still so young – that he obviously had all the physical traits. He's a good kid. Everyone says he's a good kid. It's just there was problems with his leadership abilities. Uh, if that's hey, even a term. Cheeks, like, yeah. They smack the cheeks, dude. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, look, he's going to he's going to Pittsburgh, and he, they don't tolerate that kind of you know stuff. Bad strip clubs, too. <laughs> well, it's look, good. he's a he's a backup, so we'll see. But Mason Rudolph did sign the contract; they did bring him back. And I know a lot of people in the NFL think Mason Rudolph could be a starting quarterback no, someday. Who? Um, Who says that? I've heard Who says it. That I've heard it. Who says I've that? Heard Dude, it. He Hey, he looked he looked good week seventeen too against the Brownies. He played well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had some real. It. And then, by the way, him and um, the retired basketball player Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. they had their little moment where they got past everything, which was good news. But I don't think I've ever seen Mason Rudolph play and think, you know what, this guy's the future of any franchise. I, no, I, think, I don't think so. Right. But but by the way, might be an incredible backup, which is a very good job and a necessity of a job to have somebody. I don't know if he's breaking down homework or watching film for Big Ben Roethlisberger. What's going on, dudes? Well, no, you say he might be an incredible backup. He's not. How do you know? Are you I've seen him, we've seen him play. Yeah, but I'm talking about the day-to-day alongside, uh, you know, Ben, the new Ben. Oh, well. That's Steelers fan. He hates Mason. That guy hates Mason. He took miles. Yeah, I don't he's know. Not- not alone. Look, the Steelers have been through True. Landry Jones' experience, the Mason Rudolph, the Duck Hodges. Great. If Haskins That's is the next guy, great. But, you know, last year in the offseason, there was a lot of words that, like, or there was a lot of whispers that maybe Jameis comes in as a backup to Ben and takes over. Maybe Cam. 
They didn't. I mean, they stuck with it. So now Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph will battle it out to see who's the next guy. But I would think Mason right now is the two. I would think so. Last thing before we let you go, and can't thank you enough for joining us, Shrakes. No, no, you're very you. busy. You're winning Emmys and shit. Mm. You know what I mean? You're doing Nominated. Amazing. Didn't win shit yet. Who won? We haven't. We don't find out till next week. Oh, let's go. It, it, hey, wow. let's we go. We're we not sleeping? Are we carb loading? You know what I mean? Are we oh, getting dude, ready for the big day? Carb loading. It's, I'm like uh, Rocky in Rocky Four. I'm out in the wilderness just training, yeah. just getting ready for the big day. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, will you guys get to give a speech and everything? Probably Burleson will take the mic and go like seven minutes long. Oh, <laughs> Bars though, he'll he'll have some he'll have something that he'll is incredibly spoken deep. spoken word poetry. I It'll be very good. It'll be very good. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. He is he is great with his words. Silky tongue. Yeah, he is the. Is there an award show you got to go to? Is there? A t- there I'm- used to be. There used to be like a black tie event in New York City at like Lincoln Center, but now I think it's just on Zoom. I don't even actually know. On Zoom, for best- you guys are sitting in there like Jay Suds yeah, wearing his hoodie in London. They're just marching like a tie. Jay Suds in a tie dye hoodie. You remember that? Lasso. Yeah, I should have won more. By the way, I'm happy season two is coming. If you were up against them, you had no shot. But I think no, you guys so, can win. So it's best daily sports show, and our opponents are. Um, I think it's Total Access, the nighttime show on NFL Network, which is like our, our like twin brother. I and then we also that. are against PTI, which we lost to before, and then like Dan Patrick's show. So I, I I don't know. I don't know if we have a chance, but I'm hoping we win. It would be cool. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I hope you give a speech, Riggs. That's all I'm hoping for. Can't wait to I listen to, get, to Dude, with, with Burleson and Kyle Brandt, uh, there's no chance I'm getting that microphone if there even is an opportunity. Those well, you two hold up. will just go. You got to hold up um, – you gotta have like signs on your Zoom. Thanks, Thanks mom. mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah big deal. <laughs> yeah. So we got, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schrager. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, how you doing, dude? Good. Why? What happened? You sent me a text saying you don't have any more uh, questions or whatever. You know? No, I didn't. Not today. Oh yeah, I thought oh. that's what you said. You you said you didn't have any more questions. You can't wait to listen to Flying Coach. Is that what you did? You mean you were gonna listen to Flying Coach? What are you saying? No, I, I talked about Flying Coach, and I said, I know Shregs makes the show very good. He's a great host, but I did not text you today that I don't have any questions. I have done that in the past, for sure. Yeah, and by the way, publicly, too, uh, <laughs> yeah. old buddy yesterday, yeah. who's maybe my new fantasy football go-to. I wasn't ready. Go-to. I wasn't ready, man. Yeah, I, we clipped that after the show yesterday. That's, for why we point, that's why you pointed to me. Like I'm like, sorry, I don't. right now I don't, but I did have one, and you cut him off. You let him go. Yeah, but you basically were like, yeah, yeah not right. a chance. Well, your, face, your face reminded me of Jim Carrey when he fake puked in Dumb and Dumber when he first saw me. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, I like Shregs a lot. In that flying coat, I mean, let's be honest. I did not listen to it, but Ty did. I have listened. Ty, to it, yeah. Ty listened to it. I heard clips. Ty has sent me clips. I've not listened to the whole thing, but Ty is a tough critic. I mean, he's yeah. a very tough critic. He doesn't listen to our show anymore because how much he is a tough <laughs> critic. But you say it's an incredible yeah, show, right? Yeah, I really like it. I've, I mean, there's only three episodes so far, but you know, I mean, got about a thirty-minute drive to work. It's nice, you know, there and back. It, it's a very, I, I mean, Shregs is great, but McVeigh is also awesome. He's very fun to listen to. He was allegedly offered the Monday Night Football gig. You remember that? Yeah, they, they were like recruiting him. I, I, it does make a lot of sense. I think he's a guy that eventually may may do that, and I think it'll be really good. And he can do Monday Night Football for 10 years. Ten, he should do Monday Night Football and still coach as a head coach in the NFL. Try to do that someday. All right, think about this. I got real high and thought of this the other day. What if we, as a company, okay, because I'm having these conversations now with people, okay, 
And it's like Shark Tank, dude. And my only experience from any of this, I didn't, I didn't take any business class, is Shark Tank. Okay, so that's like kind of, you know, I have that mindset. What if we were to go in and pitch somebody who had, in a, you know, an endless supply of money, which there are people now at this point in the game have an endless supply of money. People that I have talked to, by the way, which is absurd to think about. I should not be in these convos. I am. By the way, I think I keep up too, which is pretty cool. We have them all documented. Uh, I guess history will be the judge whenever we display them in the future. If I was keeping up in these conversations or getting run around, I mean, that will all get figured out. What if we pitched, let's buy a team. Let us run a team. Let us run a team, okay? Here's our business. This is what we're worth. This is what we think we can give you. Let's buy the Chargers. We'll run the team while running a media operation. We'll get to, we'll get to do Listen, we'll, we're not running shit, okay? We will hire a general manager. Mm-hmm. We will do that whole thing. Let us buy a team. You know what I mean? Let the business people do the business people. Let's get in this thing. Let's Because allegedly the Bears are about to be for sale. Yep. The Chargers are about to be for sale. I feel like we're on pretty good terms with the NFL. I think the NFL would potentially give us a green light to get past that whole thing i'm not sure other bazillionaires aren't but if you're a bazillionaire looking to get into the nfl hey come on through us man. come on come on in i think we could potentially get in there that would be great we just own a team out of nowhere now i came back down to earth both mentally and physically and that's probably gonna be a tough pitch but that would be a lot of fun that would be a lot of fun no i think that's a a great pitch we just got to know who we can pitch we know we we know bill gates is out of the question like connor's slandered him enough yeah. jeff bezos is definitely one of those guys you could take that to put a deck together i'll come with you bro you, like i understand publicly we we know of these bazillionaires there are these venture capitalist companies these vcs you know what i mean all the people that are driving the market they have trillions of dollars, these mm-hmm. people. They, they're all the rich people, put all their money together, and then there's just a couple people that make decisions on where, ah, we'll put 10 million here, we'll put 100 million here, we'll put a billion here, and if we lose, who cares? We just gotta hit on something. And if we hit on something, it's gonna be another multi-billion, maybe another trillion. It's insane what's going on. Not fair, wanna let everybody know. Don't love it, okay? Don't like that that's the way it is. We will try to change it. But now that it exists, let's go buy a fucking team. Let's go. Oh, you guys got five, six billion you just wanna throw around? Hey, we'll do it. Hey, we'll do it day to day. Do whatever you got to do. Press conferences, handshakes, drafts. Uh-huh. We'll hire somebody to do this. Don't even worry about it. It's going to be tough sell, but I think we got it. I'll do a good, hey, I'll do a good deck. I'll have yeah. a good oh, yeah. PowerPoint oh, yeah. presentation on why we should get it. The NFL business is doing this. Seems like our arrow is doing the same thing whenever you look at most. Why don't we put those things together with your, your money? Let's go ahead and do that. You know what I mean, AJ? I think that's a great pitch. And just make sure in your deck you get the good transition sounds and dissolve and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then maybe we'll even get like that. The race Ooh. car noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a gun. I, I mean, the, the, the cha-ching. cha-ching. Yeah. NFL investors, possibly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Here we go. AJ, what's going on, pal? Good to see you. AJ. AJ, I said go out. Say, let's go out, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, I watched some of your Shams interview. How did you guys kind of gloss over the fact that he reports that LeBron just was taking a dump? That's why he left five minutes early. <laughs> we didn't gloss over it. We actually hit it for the next, like, 35 minutes, actually. Okay, like, dude. Hey, he did poop last night. He yeah. did. Like, that was – that's a huge news, by the way. As soon as, as, soon as he said it, I, like, I took it back all he's joking. And I was like, no, no, no. Shams not a joker. Sh- uh-huh. Shams is an insider. That, that is what happened. He – he had to take a dump, AJ. Poop. You've been there. Hey, 
You played a full game. You got yeah. your ass kicked. Ah, let me get the bad out. Mm-hmm. Get out of me! You know, is yeah. what's happening with him. We've all been there, AJ. Sometimes you go poop. Hey, shit happens, you know? Hey, do you think his coach told him, hey, come on back uh, when you're done? Frank goes, uh, you go, what? Bro, get out. Yeah, go shit. I'll see you at 23. We're down by 30. (laughs) Don't come back out. LeBron's like, I want to come back out, though. I don't want to look bad. Go enjoy your shit, please. Take your time. (laughs) Take the shoes off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get that ankle. We got a lot to do in the next game. All of a sudden, next day, though, LeBron's a big crybaby. This guy, he disrespects basketball. He doesn't want to lose by 50 in the playoffs. (laughs) This guy's upset. His team stinks. That's what everybody's saying. He just had to take Mm. a shit. He's a human. He comes out and says that. Shams did. Shams did. Shams did. Shams isn't isn't Windhorse, who is LeBron's. Mouthpiece. Well, hey, hey, old window is going to have to come answer some questions. But you're right. That was breaking news that Sean's had on this show. We appreciate him for that. Speaking of breaking news, A.J. Hawk, good friend of Aaron Rodgers. Anything to break in that front, or are we still just sitting here easy come, easy go, Paul? I think it's uh, easy come, easy go. No uh, no updates for me. Is there anything that has been out there, any rumors floating out there that anyone's reporting on? So is it no hurries, no worries over there? Dude, can we just please get something? What how, He's going back? Is that what you're feeling? You're feeling since the beginning, you feel he's going back. This delayed in everything. You know, because there was a report yesterday, and I don't know if it was accumulation of information but or whatever it was. He's told some Packers he's not coming back. When did he say that? Is that the same report that came out long ago that we learned was just accumulation of information? Do you Have you changed your stance at all? You think he comes back to the Packers? Has anything changed that for you? I don't know if anything's changed that. I, I mean, I, w- I don't know how confident I am in, in anything with going forward. I just don't know how I, I said from the jump, like how does it end? What needs to happen? And when does it happen? I guess I, I don't think anything – when should something happen? Is there any kind of – now we're at the June 2nd date, so now something can happen, but will anything happen over the next month? It feels like we might have been sold uh, a bill of lies. <laughs> yeah, we were. It might have – it feels like we were potentially sent snipe hunting and uh, told the June 2nd that post-June 1, pre-June 1 thing was a big deal. Because then when we got to June 1 – they delayed it even more. They're like, ah, no, no, actually, today's just purgatory. You know, today it's post-June 1 for a reason. Now we've gotten to June 2nd. What's the big news? LeBron took a shit last night. Yeah, come on. What are we even, I thought, you know, I feel like we were all kind of duped. We must remember this for next draft cycle offseason. Yes. Okay, we have to learn from this. We cannot get caught in the same mistakes. One year from now, we cannot be wondering if something's going to just and happened because of a random date that was made up by people. We have to mature and grow in this thing, AJ. Okay, how do you suggest we do that? We'll hear it next, and we just won't talk about it. Yeah, perfect. We, just won't, we won't do a show. I like that. We won't do a show. That's what we'll do. We won't fall for it anymore because it is, it is kind of – I hate, you know, being a potential – spreader of a false narrative or something like that. Honestly, legitimately hate it. Don't like it. That's why the Miles Teller situation, I'm like, I feel bad about in the whole thing. Mixed feelings about a lot saw of it. some more stuff. I saw some videos came out of the people, right? Oh, I have not really? seen. Okay, so you do yeah. have an update TMZ on the showed a video, I think, of them, the, the lady getting arrested or something somewhere else. Okay, so here's some breaking information from there AJ Hawk about out of Maui. It's on there. It's on TMZ. I think it was on there yesterday. 
Okay, so I didn't see that report as loud as I did see the one where he got punched in the mouth allegedly at a restaurant just hours after posting an Instagram photo and saying that he just signed with the Packers. So I would like to see that. I would like to see that whole thing, you know, come full circle. And I hope justice is served, okay, because it sounds like there's some bad people over there beating the shit out of people and taking advantage of people from outside. I am somebody that visits Hawaii a lot. I hope that gets handled. Miles Teller, wedding planner, involved in another wedding confrontation. Okay. All right. So there's a lot popping off over there. There's more coming out of that thing. But me, you know, talking about that in the wrong way, I felt bad about that. I felt bad about that. Waking up in the morning and not having a clue what we can talk about and potentially speaking completely out of my ass, which the job calls for, and I'm lucky to do it for three hours, is tough. So anytime you learn anything, I would love it if you told me. That'd be great. Hey, when I learn something, I obviously will let you know. You know that. Uh, and I can't wait for that. Uh, we have some breaking news out of college basketball. Whoa. This is coming a couple years too late, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> this is coming a couple. Breaking Jeff Goodman oh. at Goodman Hoops is reporting. Duke coach Mike Shashevsky has decided to retire after this coming one more year, he said. Multiple sources have told us. His Jeter year, you have. Thank you, Mike. Official announcement expected soon. The leading candidate to replace Coach K is assistant and former Duke player John Shire. Hey, Coach K, I thought you maybe should have done this a couple more years ago. In fact, you're adding another year on. Even more legendary, sir. Hell of a run out there. Good baby K. Good work, Coach. Thank you not only for what you did for college basketball, Olympic basketball, the sports world in general, but just everything you've ever done, Coach K. Thanks a lot, man. Congratulations. Thank you, K. With that being said, I hope what people talk about and we should talk about is all the great Duke teams, you know? Building Duke up to be a powerhouse year in, year out. What he was able to do with the Olympic team, the success he's had with a lot of players and the futures and everything. I hope everybody talks about those teams. And I hope they don't talk about when he had the top five NBA draft picks on a team and they couldn't win a goddamn game. I I hope they don't talk about that. That was one I thought it was potentially over. But it's a whole new world now. Coach K, coach, a different style of basketball. And I can't thank him enough for his contributions. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah, I grew up a Duke fan, and when I was watching Duke and Coach K, they were rolling. Uh, I haven't watched them as of late. I hear they're not doing nearly as well as they did when I was a youngster. But it's a, it's a new Coach game. K, legendary. It's a new game. The one and done's coming. Uh, okay, yeah. you know. I wouldn't want to coach. Anymore. Would you want to coach college basketball if you want a chance to win the national title? I guess what Baylor kind of went against the trend by doing it with. And they didn't have just one and doneers. But now, like one dude can can win you the national championship. Like one stud high school player. Well. I don't think that can win you a national championship, but it can get you in the conversation. You know, you're going to have to have a good team. The Zags, they brought in a freshman point guard, changed the entire thing. But that team was built and established. And that's what happens in March, you know. That foundation, the one and done's built on sand. That's right. You know, and you build, you know, and you, you redshirt and you coach them up, yep. you know, and transform them from high school boys to young men, you know. Hell yeah. That's how you win March Madness tourneys. And that's what Coach K was so damn good about. He had a, he had a football quarterback playing down there, Mr. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg, Greg Paulson. Paulson. Yeah. Right. Greg Paulson. Greg Paulson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think basketball. That, I mean, that's ultimately what it was, is Coach K just knows, hey, I can't give the level of commitment because all I want these guys to do is respect the game. And he just can't do that anymore. He's one of us! <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yep. yeah. He said the camera crazy is getting a little bit too crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's calm it down a little bit. Okay, and I thought that was maybe whenever it was over. And then when the reporter asked a question and – you know, that whole thing happened. See, I don't get it. Said something like that. It's like, Coach K, we're trying. That's what we're asking. You know what I mean? But maybe Coach K, at the end of the run here, 
It's kind of, you know, it didn't, I'm not saying Bob Knight and Coach K are similar at all, okay? Very different styles. But I assume whenever you're around a sport for so long and you see it change and right in front of you and maybe it's not working out how it always has worked out, you can probably build up a little bit of a, all right, a little bit of an angst towards it. And I, f- I think that reporter got it. I think the Cameron Crazy's got it. And next year, it's going to be a lot of hat tipping, I think, I assume. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is this recruiting time? Is he still recruiting his last class here? Well, there's no Probably. way that class isn't saying, okay, if Coach K's gone, I'm going to the G League or I'm going to the overtime league and I'm going to make a million bucks this summer instead. Maybe Coach K is realizing it's going to be much more difficult because the million dollars I've been offering them, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it goes to their parents and their family. These, these other leagues just go right to their pockets. Yeah, two so deals. Not going to be able to do that anymore. But Coach K, they got hell, a, hell of a run. Hey, they got to name his successor, I think, early so you could recruit with that. Like, hey, here's our next guy in line right did. here. John Shire. Great three-point yeah. shooter. Yeah. Bring Woj, bring out Wojciechowski back, man. Gene Wojciechowski? <laughs> no. Wojo. No. no. Point guard. He's in Northwestern. He's building a program there. I don't know who that is. He nope. came from Marquette. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'd be good at Duke. Too. I want to let you know, in his first time I said this publicly, I think, Pitt basketball was the team that I grew up watching. I mean, they had the old buddy uh, Julius uh, Fields, who had the Page, Page. Page. Urban, Levance Field, Julius Levance Page. Field. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Okay. Anyways, he had a T-shirt on underneath. Oh, yeah. That team was swagged out. They used to come to Boyce Park, okay, where I played, where I learned how to play basketball, okay. Street courts. Hell yeah. That Pitt team used to show up and just hang. 11 zip on every single team it was awesome they used to get into like a little bit of you know a little bit of fights in there it was that was the team i used to watch other than that college basketball is tough to watch for me i i want to watch bad basketball i'll go right down to ymca right down here mm-hmm. I, watch, I watch people miss jumpers all the time you know what i mean i, yeah. I could do that right down there but i will say the final four was awesome to watch the yeah the, the uh houston i think Houston had a guy that jumped over another human, I think, while dunking. And I was like, God damn, that's very impressive. But Coach K has obviously done a lot. AJ, let's talk about some other things that are going on, especially with the Hammer Down boys in here. This fits in perfectly. The odds for Julio Jones' next home. Okay, and once again, we have to reiterate the fact that Julio Jones' saga is a very interesting one. Because new coach, new GM, didn't know if he was going to be traded or not. Got hurt last season, but still balled out at the end there. And he's still Julio Jones. He then gets caught in a situation with Shannon Sharp where our media source has told us that he did not know he was live on the air. I'm out of there. I just want to win. Yada, yada, yada. Now it's well known. It it was a secret for a little bit, but now it's like, no, no. This is definitely, by the way, recorded conversation live on TV without somebody knowing it is a wild thing. I'm excited to see kind of the fallout from that as we move forward there. But like the, the thought of Julio going to these teams in which teams are involved is changing every single day. Now the Seattle Seahawks are allegedly the number one team that are going to get him plus 225 as of points bet. Then Tennessee Titans, who have been recruiting him actively, plus 250. Arthur Smith, the new head coach, just came from Tennessee, used to sleep on couches in the Tennessee Titans organization while printing off pieces of paper as the beginning days of his coach. The Eagles are allegedly involved. The Niners, the Patriots are still involved. The Colts aren't even on there. And get up this morning said the Ravens and the Rams are out. Schrager told us last week the Rams are out. He'll be joining us in about 11 minutes, by the way. We'll talk to him about that. AJ, Where's he going, and why are the Colts not on here or the Packers on here, you think? I don't know why those two teams might not be on there, but I want to talk to the guys that make these odds and say, okay, what what are you basing this off of? Are they just watching, like, get up in different shows and getting a feel for it, or do they have 
legit sources inside these buildings? Um, you know, I think they potentially know the same thing we know. Now, they might have de- uh, deeper insiders or whatever, but just like draft night, remember, Mac Jones was going number three. Locked in. He was locked in until me and others said that our sources said, nah, then those odds changed drastically. I think for that draft, and this is something else we got to learn and we're learning right now, they might not have the inside information that we all think that they've had for so long with the sports books when it comes to potential things like this. The game, somehow they know what's going to happen. I don't know how sports books know what's going to happen. But when it's all this other shit, I don't think they have any more information than we potentially know because we scour the internet looking for stuff to talk about. They might, we don't know, at Tongue Diggs here, COVID Cowboy, host of Hammered Down Live every single day, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, YouTube.com forward slash Hammered Down. Odds are cooking out there. Seems like a lot of good odds. Where the hell is he going and why are the sports books doing what they're doing? Yeah, on Hammered Down, we talked to multiple people who make the lines and stuff at sports books, and they have lost like the last three or four years every single draft because we know just as much as they know because they're paying attention to the reports just like we are. So it's the same situation here. They're paying attention to the reports. We're paying attention to reports. They don't. I don't think they know anything more than we do. Okay. I don't think he's going to go to the Patriots because the Patriots traded a number two for Mohamed Sanu. So if the oh. new GM, Fontenot, down in Atlanta, can't just trade a number two because then he would be saying Julio Jones is the same value as Mohamed Sanu. He can't do that. Nah, situations are situational. We're at a different time. Yeah. I'm just saying. So you think it has to be a one? For if it's going to New England. I think Seattle, who wanted a B a lot last year, potentially will make that trade. Something like that. I like Seattle right now. Yeah, and that's just because they are the front runners, or because you just like the way they've come. No, into- because they have showed interest in the past couple of years of trying to get another wide receiver for that court. Plus two twenty five right now. Really good money right now. If you want to. Bet and then that. you thought it like Cam or not Cam. Uh, Julio was like, I want to go to a place that wins, but he doesn't have a trade, no trade clause. So it's not like he's. Yeah, but who told us? Somebody told us. They want to do right by him, though. They said, like, they want to do right by him. Yeah, who said that? Ian, too? Ian Rapport said that, or the Falcons say that? Don't they want to do more right by him themselves, though? Don't they want to look out for number one first? Was that before or after he went on national TV and said, I'm out of there? (laughs) Well, see, I think that is why the Falcons were potentially so mad. I think Rapport or somebody told us. I forget who it was. And maybe Shregs will know more on this in about eight minutes. But the Falcons were so pissed off about it because they probably had an understanding. Like, hey, we will move you on we'll kind of take care of you or whatever but now you're on tv saying i'm out of there i want to win like it kind of didn't come up and julio i assume is like i didn't come on you can't hold that i mean that is i mean and that paralegal on twitter said shannon might be going to jail 20 30 years Uh 15 to life 20 30 get used to jail yeah yeah i don't don't know if you get good days served with that sentence either i think no 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 yeah i don't think so i do think they'll respect him a little like they're not gonna send him to the eagles yeah, and the Eagles being involved is... They drafted a wide receiver no number sense. one over all the last two years. How is... I don't... But maybe, maybe Howie Roseman's like, yeah, yeah we're in on everything. As, didn't somebody tell us that there's some GMs who want to know every single trade that's potentially happening, so they'll like call in and be like, man, uh, but they can be... They can be perceived as interested, though, because they are always working the phones to see who's doing what. But then it, I wonder how many times they actually make moves. If I'm a GM, by the way, I'd want to hear everything. I would Because I, it's hard to get information, I think, because I was told by a source. I don't know if this has been public or not. Oh, boy. See, this is going to be an Here issue. We go. Now I hear something, but it happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, it won't come back up, so I won't have to reference it. But what if I am referencing it later? It's a blind bid. So whenever you're trying to trade for someone, it's blind. 
So you're trying to gather information from either, allegedly, this is from my sources, you're trying to gather information from insiders potentially, and even if you get burnt, you probably don't listen. You're trying to figure out who and what other people are offering. It's completely blind on the other side. And then you could potentially get from a team like, hey, you are nowhere near, by the way. Or, hey, you are not going to be able to catch what we're getting. Or like I've heard that's how that whole thing works. How did you think it went? Like, how else would it go? I don't know. I just assume that. It's just like you're bidding on, if you're a contractor and say you're building a house and you have five different companies bid on building it, they're all they're blind bids as well. Yeah, and I understand that that happens in business, but you just would think that in the league, you know, you would, I don't know. I, they can I, take a guess. That's probably one of the toughest things. Like, take a guess. Hey, we don't want to insult them with our trade offer, but we also don't want to offer three times what the other teams are. I like the fact that it is still kayfabe. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I like the fact that that still exists because I would assume at some point some GM got upset for something that they weren't offering and maybe even tried to make it like a, a more transparent thing. I like the fact that they don't know, but it's literally you have no idea what everybody else is pitching for somebody. That is, you know, when I was at Meekum, uh-huh you know you, you can overpay if you know too <laughs> that's right you know what i mean so that is something hey did that do you think the guy that was bidding against you just worked for Meekum and that's his gig obviously to oh. bid everything up no but i did think after watching storage wars about dropping it on that guy though you know what i mean when yeah. i backed yeah. out when i back i actually backed out on the video i'm like no i'm like i just got another 20 grand for fucking Meekum. you're welcome you know and then they're like, just stand up and say a hundred thousand i'm like that's a moment i guess uh, <laughs> that's a good idea actually <laughs> I haven't been able to drive a Jeep, by the way, for a chance of rain every single fucking day. <laughs> don't have a ceiling on, you know what I mean? I took the roof off at the MetLife, and I don't know how to put it back on because it was a super sophisticated one, so I got to get one of those tarps that they tie onto that thing. It's a, you what should, kind of seats? You should, it, what it, would, to buy would it get morning. ruined it? What's that? <laughs> would it ruin it if, you, if it got rained on? Like, what are the seats made out of? I don't know. They are leather. I'd assume yeah. they are You're waterproof. Fine. I'd assume there's a waterproof, you know, with everything else they put into this thing. And Drive that thing through, like, some creeks and stuff. Have the water come up to, like, the doors. Hey, I am a crick boy, by the way. Oh, yeah. And we do have a... Oh, hold uh, on. You posted a video, uh, a story last week, I remember. What do you say? Just, just jeeping, dude. Or whatever, what were you saying? <laughs> it made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was on the trails. I was hitting the trails. Wait till you see me in no, a creek. You, you were driving through, like, a, a little walking trail in a nature reserve. No, 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 that was jeeping, dude. A four by four. How like how um how obnoxious is your jeep wave to other people? Oh, I, I, go the I go right <laughs> off the top. I go right off the top. I go right off the top. I go right off the stick, right to the top. <laughs> peace sign. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. I'm having a good time with it. Back in high school, I had a jeep. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. and uh, it was called Jeep Lightning, and that thing was anything but. Couldn't go to speed limit on most roads. And, uh, but it had two 12s in the back, and they did not work either. So, I mean, it was a two-seater that we had five, six people in every once in a while. And I had the coolest. I mean, I had the coolest Ooh. left hand on the wheel, deuce up, very natural. And my horn was like a good horn, too. Like, you'd give it a little pop, and it'd be like a, like a little bark. You know what I mean? Like, press one button, Jeep Lightning might bark. You know what I mean? And I was very active with that thing. It lost its fucking voice Whoa. my senior year because of how often I <laughs> – I was a big beeper guy in big wave. Now I go straight off the top, straight off. I mean, people are saying best Jeep waiver in town. I've not missed one Jeep yet, you know? I assume at some point I'll get, you know, tired of waving to them. I've not missed one, and we have connected every single time. So I'm super pumped about it, AJ. Thanks for asking. I almost bought a plane this morning. How'd, how'd that happen? Let's get to a break. <laughs> <laughs> 
We interrupt the show to tell you that whether it's for work or play, a lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. So my advice to you, take your Raycons with you. Whether you're listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 or the pod or Hammer Don or Hockey Talk, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears can make all the difference. We love them here in the office. Bubba Gumpino wears them every single day. And it's because you get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons also look great and feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And Raycons are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. So go to buyraycon.com slash sports talk for 15% off your order. Once again, that's buyraycon.com slash sports talk for 15% off your order. Brought to you by Raycon. Back to the show. AJ Hawk, I have your bobblehead thing right here. All right, I see you right there in front of those books. I see you rocking the Centerville Elk t-shirt. Shout out to Centerville, Ohio. Yeah, go Elks. Let's go Elks, okay? Black and gold. They dress like the Steelers over there. Mm-hmm. They used to win yeah. games. I'm I'm not sure the, the gritness level now that AJ refuses to go back and lives up there next to Wexner or whatever the guy's oh, yeah. name is <laughs> and all that. AJ, hour three, let's get right to it. Jerry Judy says that Drew, Drew Locke, when he throws the ball, it's like a hard drill. Like, a, you know what I mean? And then when Teddy Bridgewater throws it, it's a little bit of a, a floater. Now, Peyton Manning didn't, didn't ever get accused of throwing a floater, but was told that he threw a lot of wobbly balls. Mm-hmm. And his response was, I threw a lot of wobbly touchdowns too. People forget. If you don't have the you know A to B velocity, those quarterbacks are the ones that are great at putting it in a bucket on a dime whenever you need it. Is Teddy Bridgewater that type of quarterback? Is this quote being described differently than a shot at Bridgewater? Maybe, but I do like the fact that Jerry Judy's like, hey, Drew Locke's got a cannon out here. We're boys. The quarterback competition seems to be heating up, but will either of them be the QB for the Broncos this coming fall? I guess we have to wait and see in this whole thing. AJ, what did you read or get from this quote from Jerry Judy, one of the best young wide receivers in the league? just needs catch ball at time well whether uh jerry judy meant this as a shot or not to teddy bridgewater i think teddy will absolutely take offense to this thinking like what you're saying i throw a floater like yeah when it you should say when i when a floater is needed when you need to put some touch on the ball but when i need to put some zip on it i can do the same thing yeah and by the way peyton he threw a lot of floaters you know there's a lot a lot of balls that but those floaters were landing in a direct spot every single time and it was like thousands of reps with the wide receivers it was unbelievable to get to watch not only the amount of work that the wideouts put in and the Peyton put in but also the equipment managers who were there like just the, the amount of reps that those things were happening and I feel like Peyton needed it or whatever I think feel like that was his thing but if you're that precise you don't have to be you know an absolute accuracy accuracy is the number one thing I think in a quarterback I think I've I've heard Mike Leach talk about that. Like, you can't coach accuracy. Like, when I'm looking at evaluating quarterbacks to bring in, yeah, strong arm, we want all that, that's great. But if a guy isn't accurate, like, you can only make him so much better. Like, you cannot take him to the next level if he's not an accurate guy. This actually happened while I was playing quarterback um, against our defense back end. I was told I was throwing the ball too hard. Okay? Whoa. And that was a real thing by the defense coordinator. 
throwing the ball too hard. I was like, all right, I'll dial it back. Okay, we're not playing Brett Favre this week, I guess. <laughs> Let me get my uh, my arm back there. But that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Like, it, it's not necessarily a good thing just to ha- throw a rocket every single time. There's so much that goes into every single pass. Even screen passes are complicated because the amount of touch you need to have it, let alone over a linebacker in front of a safety. There's just – it's a very fascinating quote. I should have looked into it more, but I immediately thought to myself, like, uh, Peyton – has had to answer this type of question in the past. Now, is Teddy Bridgewater and Peyton the same person and same quarterback? No, at this particular time, but I don't think it really matters how hard you how hard it gets there or how fast it gets there. Just that it gets there is all that matters. And if it doesn't, you're out. Drew Locke, is he the guy? Maybe. They got 30 million still. Are they trading for Aaron Rodgers? Ooh. This might not matter at all, Jerry Judy. You might be getting a guy who just puts the ball in a bucket however the hell he wants to do it. Well, isn't a big part of it, too? Like, you never really hear – like, it's a it, – it's a lot easier for people to talk about like how big of an arm a guy has. Like you know, I mean, every quarterback that's coming out like they're talking about eighty yards. Yeah, exactly. And Zach Wilson's doing like the crossbody, you know, throw it sixty yards up there. But like that still takes quite a bit of precision and accuracy. You know, like he is dropping that in there. It's kind of floating in. Judy did not mean for this to be a shot, I don't think. But I feel like the internet took it as one. You know, and that's just what oh, the yeah, internet yeah. is going to mm-hmm. do. I want to let everybody know. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Tom mm-hmm. Brady, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. There's a commit to Ohio State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Quinn, Ewers, Quinn Ewers, I was just going to tell you about it. Quinn Ewers, okay. I just learned of this dude yesterday. I, it's going to be tough for him to remain humble. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a kid has the best arm I've ever seen. One of the best bleached mullets I've ever seen in my entire life. Wears shit kickers on a regular basis. And his Herald is the number one guy. And at all these camps, he's fucking around throwing submarine sidearm throws. And they're better than everybody else. Quinn Ewers is going to be the guy. Okay, yeah. and he, he can deliver the rock. I assume, though, he can throw at 70, 80 yards. It feels like that is just something everybody can do at this point. And his, hey, he... He's got that Rich Gannon. He's got the ability to go oh, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. He's going down yonder. This Quinn Ewer guy's going up over top. He's got that flow. Yeah. The amount of shit talk, I assume, he does too. If you do that with your hair and do all that, I assume the moxie is right there with you at all times. I'm a big, big Quinn Ewers fan. Kind of pissed he has to go to college. Wish we'd get him in the NFL right now. You know what I mean? I think he's only a junior in high school, right? He's going into his senior year now. So this dude, it's going to be a while before we see him. But, yeah, what if he if he wanted to forego college? What do we have to do, just go sit out a year or maybe go two. play in the, the spring league or the new XFL? I think I think in? you have to be two years removed from your high school to go into the NFL. I think that is what the case Three years? Two years. Three uh, he's years. He's going to go light it up at Ohio three. State, man. But they have another guy coming three, in, another five-star right? this year. What's that? Sorry, we were talking about because we think it's three years. Three years since your high school. Say yeah, what you said again. Is. Yeah, you can redshirt and then play two years and go. But uh, – they have another guy coming in, I think, this year who's another five-star QB. So Quinn's coming in right behind him. He's not scared. That kid should probably decommit. I mean, oh, man. I mean, this guy he shows up. too easy. This guy shows up on campus, hide your girlfriends, <laughs> and your starting spot quarterback is in jeopardy, my friend. I mean, this is him just fucking around with a little sidearm three-quarter release. Don't worry about it. You know, letting the hair flow. I mean, I love this kid. Between him and Arch Manning, teams need to start tanking for these guys right now. And I want to let everybody know, my kicking coach in college, his name was Jamie Cole of Cole's. Too fast, by the way, right there. Yeah. See that? Too fast. That ball's coming in too hard. He's going to have to learn, all right? He's going to have to learn that. You don't always have to bust fingers. You know what I mean? Brett Favre never learned that. And Quinn Ewers seems to be a pretty similar (laughs) character maybe to Brett Favre, and I love him. Uh, But my kicking coach, 
Jamie Cole. Cole is kicking. His son, JJ, is a quarterback over there in Iowa. He's like six foot ten. He's got offers to Iowa State. So with in in my world, okay, that I know about now that I know Quinn, feels like the future of the quarterback position is electrifying. Yes. I, I just want to let everybody know. Where's Arch gonna go? Arch is gonna go what? Alabama? He should. Because his, you know, his uncle Tennessee. Go to Tennessee. Ole Miss, too. They got yeah. deep ties at Ole Miss as well. They're from New wife. Orleans down there, Louise LSU. I mean, then I guess there's rumors that potentially Texas because yeah. Sarkeesian's there. That's a pro style offense. Arch Manning has been running a pro style offense since he was four years old, basically. Mm-hmm. I just you know, the future of the quarterback position, and these are all people we've heard of who, mm-hmm. you know, are at these camps. There's going to be players that are going to pop up that we've never heard of before. I like the future of the NFL. It's going to get fast. Yeah, yeah. But if Quinn Ewers gets in there, dude, fucking what team is he going to? I'm a fan of. <laughs> yeah. All right. Probably not the Ohio State because my only interaction with Ohio State fans is a bad one on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. I try to be a fan of the team. I try to support the team. I put my hard-earned dollars on that team. And what happens? Buckeyes and, and, and the Ohio State faithful spit on my fanhood. It's not a very inclusive bunch over there. No, no, they no. want everybody out. And that's why it's going to be tough to cheer for Quinn here for the next four years. But when he gets into the men's league, I can't wait for it, AJ. So you're telling me you have a bad what's what's your bad interactions you have had with Ohio State people other than me? Oh wait, I'm the only one. Oh wait, no, you, the callers give it back to you. That's what I'm. That's what he's that saying. That's what no. I'm saying. In front of millions and millions of people, you have spit on me trying to be an Ohio State yeah. fan. You are the representative of the Ohio State for a lot of people, and every time I just try to get get going, you know, hey, here we go, hey. What is it? Uh, gray and uh, scarlet. And, uh, yeah. Hey, here we go. Here we go. Exactly. Let's have some Buckeye things on the helmet. Hi, hey, hey, let's fly around, boys. Hey, Tristan didn't die for this. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You know what I mean? I mean, let's not forget yeah. the last time AJ didn't say I.O. Uh, Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts in the yeah. first round of the NCAA That wasn't the last time. That was the first time. Yeah. True. And that was when it all started. Beginning of the end. O.H. That was basketball. That only applies for football. I think. No, oh, it so applies. you hate the basketball team. Uh, okay, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what he means. You lead us scumbags. That's what I'm talking about. Great head coach, great players. Bruce, yeah, don't, oh. need, don't need any fans that live in Indianapolis like that are named Pat. What? What's dude? that all about, dude? dude? There's a guy named Pat that I seen walking these streets. <laughs> yeah. This guy's dressed up like fucking Big Nut every day. That's right. Uh, he went just to kicking him out. Yeah, you're just kicking him out. That's unbelievable. That's what we're talking about this entire time. Hey, that's Ohio. That's Ohio. That's Ohio. Uh, Bruce Arians uh, said Kyle Trask, mentally, he's not far uh, behind what Andrew did in the same offense, which is very interesting because I've told this story before. Andrew Luck showed up at OTAs three weeks late, four weeks late because he had to finish his degree, and he made a check during the walkthrough, his first walkthrough. That was in the playbook so far ahead that nobody else knew what it was. B.A. actually had to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, we're not there yet, okay? <laughs> we're not there, we have to dial it back. He's saying, Kyle Trask, not far behind. Hey, I don't know exactly, I know fucking doctor, but he ain't that far behind, he looks good out here. This is B.A., he also said, there's 10 players that don't even know that they are in competition for their position. They're not here, okay? So B.A. is trying to send shots to everybody that's not doing OTAs and saying, hey, need your asses back here. But Tom's got his crew. B.A.'s got his crew. Uh, this thing is going to erupt at some point, I assume. I mean, I don't. I, I think it's awesome from B.A. I'm it's sure a joke, it's, yes. Like, I'm not, I don't think it's real. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and he probably, I'm sure B.A. got some texts from maybe Tom and some other players, like just 
some friendly jabs back at him. I, I'm curious to see how he continues this Kyle Trask praise. Like, what what does he say next about Kyle Trask? Where you don't say like, oh, he's the he's the most physically gifted guy I've ever seen. Like, so you don't ruin yourself if he doesn't work out. Open competition. Well, he, the next step. Well, <laughs> at the beginning, uh-huh. at the beginning, I think he was trying to recruit Blaine Gabbert to his team. You know, they just signed him to a one year deal, and he's like, hey, Blaine Gabbert's the most underappreciated guy in the NFL. Yeah. You know, Jacksonville, who knows what happened, kind of seems like he's got his swag back. He is very, very good. We're fortunate for that. Blaine Gabbert doesn't come to OTAs. He goes and works out with Tom. He's like, oh, fuck that guy. Kyle Trask. (laughs) This guy is unbelievable. Because I do believe that B.A. and that coaching staff enjoy, like, the OTA, like, all coaches. Like, hey, we need football. Hey, yeah. We need to be back on the field. They we get need- to coach. That's yes. the only time they get to coach. Like, they've been, they're just dying. Like, let me get on the field with my guys. That's all they want to do. And also, this is a very new situation, and I haven't done enough research, but just thinking out loud and kind of my first reaction here, this is the first time that entire coaching staff has had a super-duper veteran team. Like, super-duper veteran team at all positions, basically. Guys know how to take care of their body. Guys are doing their own workouts. Guys aren't doing the OTAs. Like, they're the young guys trying to learn the offense and learn what it's like in the NFL and earn a spot and everything like that. And I think B.A. has not changed his stance at all. I don't care. Old guys, young guys, fuck it. We're coaching, okay? We're playing. Your team stinks. My team's good. But when they get back in for training camp, that Buccaneers team going for the undefeated season, we know that. Chiefs are going to go for it publicly everybody's going for an undefeated uh, season but potentially two teams actually you know make a public run at this thing and i'm here for it you don't think the lions are in that that uh, group of teams to make a run motor city dan campbell is going to have those boys believe in every single week yep. thank you yeah. and when that lion that's going to bite off his arm yep. is jogging out as just a little pup you know what i mean yeah. uh-huh. little cub. this little cub whatever the hell they are <laughs> you know just a little, a little fawn you know yeah. a little fawn yeah. lion He's going to have that little baby lion. We'll even think about that little baby lion. Just <laughs> be so cool. That would be so cool. In a cage on the side of the field? Oh, yeah. Cage. No cage. Not, not the baby, baby lion. He's, nah, he's probably going to be strapped to his hip during the game. They yeah. got to get the lion acclimated with the cage environment, okay? You can't have a lion just walking around. No, no, no. no. Oh, no. What yeah. they're getting acclimated is like, hey, now you see me. Now you see lion. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted, like, a dog that I could just go outside and would just follow me around everywhere because I think it's so cool when you go to a city and you see somebody walking and he's got, like, two dogs just following them, no leash yep. or anything. And they, do, they yeah. do, like, one of these and the thing's like, oh, what do you need? Like, I, I dream <laughs> of that. I dream of that. It's not going to happen because I'm not diligent enough or, you know, talented enough to make that happen. But if you're getting a lion, I think you need it to be one of those types of lions. Also, well, yeah. that thing yeah. will listen to Dan Campbell of all people. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, man, I do not know. <laughs> this feels more like a semi-pro Dewey the Bear situation uh, where the yeah. bear gets loose and uh, all of a sudden everyone's on the hook. There That's will be no refund. Yeah. The only refund will be escaping this death trap with your life. <laughs> Everybody panic. Yeah. Bingo. I think, I think you forget. We're talking about Dan Campbell, not Matt Patricia. Thank okay? you. Dan yeah, Campbell. You, sure. Right, sure. Let's get to a break, shall we? Uh, final hour, first break. I mean, I said this is going to be the best hour in this show's history. I was lying. <laughs> hey, but if was that what a- better to what better to build like the the myth of Dan Campbell than to fight off a lion attack on the sidelines of the game? No, what a better way to build than him and his lion attacking? Yeah. you know what I mean. Dan Ooh, and his lion. Have you have you watched any documentaries about the streets of Detroit, pal? 
Gutter City Dan Campbell might clean up the Lions, but him and his actual lion might clean up the streets of Detroit. Well, if they're doing anything, they should have White Boy Rick walking out yeah. next to him, too. I watched a doc on White Boy Rick. Yeah. Yes. Hey, that guy got fucked. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, bad by Detroit. <laughs> bad. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on this beautiful June 2nd. Absolutely nothing has happened. I mean, maybe by the time you've listened to this, something has happened. But boy, quite a waiting game. And while doing that, we got another massive show coming tomorrow. Huge show tomorrow. Feels like we're beating COVID. Yeah. Feels like we're coming alive. The world's opening back up. The summer is supposed to be around the corner, even though it's rainy and cold right now in Indy. I mean, things are going good. And tomorrow's show is going to be great. Be a friend, tell a friend. Hashtag Antipod Squad. Ty's still picking people to give some money out. If you wait around this long, you're the fucking best, man. Thank you so, so much. Uh, eternally grateful for all of you. We got another one tomorrow, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday. See you Thursday.